Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. One more time, man. Good morning, and uh, welcome to Avenue. We're so glad you're here. And you know, we got a great looking bunch, so can you kind of just turn on some side lights here? I want to see some amazing people here today. And uh, if you're a first-time guest, we just, one more time, we want to thank you for being here today, checking us out. And we always, want, we always hope you could call Avenue home, and this could be a place where you can belong. Also, after this service, we do have Growth Track, and I just want to reiterate, Robert, I encourage you to join Growth Track if you want to just learn more about Avenue, if you want to get connected and uh, discover your purpose. It's not you have to serve, but it's say, hey, we want to lay out some options for you. I'm pumped about Serve Day and Worship Night that is coming up, so I'm excited about that, so make sure you sign up for that. We have some friends of ours. We, we always want to be as kingdom-minded as we can, and we have some just, you know, more terrible news from some friends of ours. They had their trailer stolen, and they're a portable church that they have a trailer, I think it's 26 foot, and they'll load into a high school, take the entire thing out, and I just got to say, Opportunity Village has just blessed us for us to be able to keep everything on property. We don't have to set up this stage every week. It's here. I'm just so grateful for that. But we have some friends that they had their, their trailer stolen from their school property, and that was Relentless Church. They're up on Cheyenne and 15. And so what we did is we blessed them, and as well as we let them borrow some of our equipment, things like that, before insurance kicked in. Well, this week, Anchor Hill Church, way up in the northwest, they had their trailer stolen. And their trailer was inside of, of locked storage, and so their trailer was taken as well. So we've, we blessed them. And i got to say, because of your generosity, we were able to help two churches even in our valley. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because we want to be as generous as we can, because I know they will always bless us. I know we are in this together, that this is not just our, you know, my city, this is our city. And so be praying for that. They find the trailer, be praying that uh, you know, everything gets brought back to them. No high item things were stolen, but all their signage, kids' things, all of that. So they're, they're, we bless them as well as they're borrowing some things of ours. So be praying for that. And because uh, it's a special place for people who steal from the church. Amen. All right. So we're in the book of James. And so take out your Bibles to the book of James. James is in the back end of the New Testament. And so turn there to the book of James. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we do have free Bibles off to the side that you can grab, keep forever, underline it, highlight it, make it yours. If you have an iPhone or an Android, you can go to the YouVersion app. If you don't have none of those things, you got a flip phone, we love you, and you can follow on the screens here today. But if you're a first-time guest, we've been in a series called This is Living Now. In the book of James, he was the half-brother of Jesus, and he wrote this five-chapter book in the Bible, and it's become one of uh, just a relevant book. It's become a book in the Bible that we can read it and instantly apply it to our lives. It's a book that's so practical yet hard-hitting at the same time. How many have enjoyed this series so far? I believe this is week six that we've been in this series. And uh, so some people have enjoyed it, you know. That's wonderful. No. But we're about six weeks into this thing. And I love that today James takes us on a journey called faith. And so we've already been through trials tribulations, consider it pure joy. We've been through a little bit of wisdom. We've been through uh, just a different series of, um, about anger. I mean, that was like the hard-hitting anger sermon, right? You mad, bro? We've been through all these different messages, and here's James. is deciding to talk about faith. Anyone here, you, whether growing up or 
uh, whether in high school or even now to this day, you had Old Faithful in the garage that you drove around. How many of them I'm talking about? That beat up truck or that car? That song, Living on a Prayer, that's, that's about your vehicle. Every day you pray over that car and you pray, it gets you to your destination. If that is you, I see some hands nodding. If that is you, be proud, all right? Be proud. You got a piece of junk that gets you somewhere. All right, be proud of that. Oh, faithful. In high school, I had a truck that was given to me by my dad because I didn't have money. You know, I was like, Dad, I really want to get a license and I really want to drive. And he said, okay, I got this beat-up truck we use for snow removal. You can drive that. And it had dents. It had duct tape. It had all kinds of, uh, you know, quick fixes on this pickup truck. But it was mine. It was a way for me to get around. And I remember in this particular truck, when I would drive down the highway or freeway, it was the old school speedometer, okay? You know, the, the, the speed, the, the speed gauge. It was the rainbow one. And so it, it was built in the inside of the dash. And so every now and then, about a couple minutes into the drive, if that's at 45 or, you know, 70 or, you know, however, you know, however fast the Lord leads me that day, it'll be on the speedometer. And then it'll just all of a sudden go whoop, and it'll just break. It'll just go away. And so the speedometer will just go back down. I'm driving going, I, don't, I have no idea how fast I'm going. But that was okay because it was old faithful, all right? It was a faithful pickup. And so in order to get the speedometer back, I had to hit the dash really hard. And so if I was driving, go whoop, I go, oh, no. And, you know, I would uh, hit the dash, and it would go back up and go, it's all fixed. It's good. Check engine light was part of the dash, right? How many know what I'm talking about? Well, one day, I broke curfew. If you're a young person in here, raise your hand if you ever broke curfew. Look at these heathens. I tell you what, man. Raise your hand if you've never broke curfew. You're like, never. I mean, now, when you're a teenager, you break curfew, and then when you're older, you, you make curfew for yourself. Like, I have to be in bed by 8, otherwise I'm a wreck. <laughs> I'm messed up. So I broke curfew, and I got no faithful, and I said, oh, shoot, I got to get home. I got to get out of here. And so I remember jumping on the interstate to get home as fast as I can. I'm speeding a little bit because I, I I'm a, was I afraid of Jesus. I'm afraid of my mom, all right? My mom was terrifying. And so I was going down the highway, and all of a sudden, I passed a cop. If you're a law enforcement officer, we love you. We, we appreciate you. Thank you for keeping me in check. And so I'm passing by the cop, and I go, oh, no. And I look down. The, spot, the, the speedometer was nowhere to be found. So I, went, I don't know how fast I'm going. He pulls up behind me, and I went, boom. I hit the dash. It went back up. I slowed down. Praise Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, hallelujah. Lights come on. He pulls me over the side of the highway. So pull over. I'm a little nervous now. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting pulled over. Now I'm going to be late, late. And so I get my license registration out. And he comes to my window, and he doesn't say, license and registration, please. This is what he says to me. He says, what you put underneath your seat. And I went, Ex excuse me? And he said, what you put underneath your seat? You're hiding something. I said, what do you mean? He said, you put something underneath your seat right there. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I hit my dash to get my speedometer back on. And he looked at me and said, have you been drinking, son? I said, no, no, sir. And he said, get out of the truck. So I got out of the truck. He put me in his police car. He's checking the truck. He's checking everything out. He gets in. I'm telling you, I'm like, officer, please. This is old faithful. I have to hit the dash to get the speedometer, you know, the speedometer up there so I know how fast I'm going. He says, so you haven't been drinking? No, I haven't been drinking. Drugs? No, no drugs. Ain't no high like the most high. What'd you say? Never mind, officer. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say anything like that. And, uh, and so finally he goes, okay. 
but you don't know how fast you were going, do you? I said, no. So they gave me a ticket, and I got home and broke curfew. How many have an old faithful car like that? But today, James is talking about faith. What are we putting our faith in? See, Jesus is the only person you need to put your faith in because he will get you to your destination. Whether it's unscathed, but he will get you there. There might be a distraction, but he will get you there by faith. Did that illustration work? Kind of. All right, let's go. James chapter 2, verse 14. Here we go. Let's read in our word this morning. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? This is where the relevancy of James comes in. This is where James is hard-hitting. James is not your passive-aggressive pastor. James is like, uh, what good is your faith if you don't show it? And like, wow, James, okay. Can this kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. You say, goodbye, and have a good day, stay warm, and eat. But you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Verse 17. So you see, faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. It is dead and useless. It is dead and it's useless. I'm telling you, I'm reading about faith this week, and I'm studying, and I'm going, this is a hard-hitting topic. I've, I've begun to research also other pastors that have done the book of James, completely skipped over this thing. We're good. We're going to go right to taming the tongue. And I begin to read this saying, why is James saying your faith without works, it is dead and useless? So the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is Faith Alive Always Takes a Drive. Faith alive always takes a drive. So what is faith? we got to break that down real quick this morning. I'm going to put my teaching hat on. Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says this. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of what we don't see. I want you to look at that scripture just for a second. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. I hope this will happen, so I have faith that it's going to happen, and the assurance, I'm positive in what's going to happen, but I don't see it. You know what vision is? When God places something in your heart, and you say, I believe by faith that's going to come to pass. Like when this church was dropped in my spirit, no one else could see it except my wife and I. So faith is the assurance of what we do not see. I'm hoping this will happen because you placed it in my spirit. So faith is something that we hope for. It's the confidence, but it's also something we don't see. So I found a great definition this week. Faith is an attitude of trust that shows itself through people's obedience to God. So faith is the attitude of trust. Have you ever trusted someone so much that you don't question them? Faith is the attitude of trust that shows itself through people's obedience to God. So I trust God, therefore I will do what his word says. Let that soak in just a little bit. I trust God, therefore I'm going to do what his word says. If you love me, you will keep my commands. How many of you love flying in this place? You love to jump on a plane and hop on a plane. How many hate flying? You hate it, but you will just close your eyes the whole time. You like, you drug yourself up. I'm praying for you, all right? But if you hop on a plane, you have faith that it'll take off and take you to your destination, 
So you obediently sit in your tiny seat and buckle up. That is what faith is. I can't see in front of the plane. It'd be kind of nice to have a window out there, right? I can't see what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody shut the little window, and I was like, that window needs to go up because I need to see what's, go- what's happening out there. But faith is having trust in what you don't see, but you believe that you're going to get there. So there's been some confusion, real quick, between Paul and James. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, and then boom, here's James. Now, this is what Paul's begin to say. Paul's been, begin to say, on the other hand, that faith alone is all you need. But here's James saying, faith without work is dead. What good is your faith? It won't save you because your faith is dead. By I'll put this to rest real quick. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. I'm going to go as quick as I can. For it is by grace you have been saved. How many have been saved by grace? How many have been saved by grace this morning? Amen. It is not by us, but it is not, it is not from ourselves, but it is the gift of God. So we've been saved by grace through faith. So I'm believing today, and some of us have a hard time going from here, that, that salvation is a grace gift given to us, but sometimes we have to have the faith that God did save us. Sometimes we have to have the faith to say, I receive the gift of salvation. So it's the gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast. So a lot of people have taken this and say, well, this is Paul. I think Paul's a lot better than James. And, and so here's James and here's Paul. The Bible's contradicting itself. I'm here to tell you, the Bible will never contradict itself. Translations, English, all those things may seem like that way. It might appear that way, but it'll never contradict itself. Read here. For we are God's workmen. We are God's handiwork. So sometimes we stop at that verse, but we need to read the next verse created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is where we find even growth track, that we believe that God prepared in advance good works for you. He has placed a gift in you, in your heart. He has placed purpose in your life. That when you go to growth track, it's not, hey, we're going to find something for you to do. At growth track, we say, what did God put inside of you? Because God created you for something, and then he placed you in this planet. It's not he placed you in this planet and said, oh, shoot, what should I do with this guy? I'll just make him preach, because they don't do anything else but preach. I'm going to place a gift inside of them. So I'm going to put this next slide up. So Paul's saying, saved by grace equals, put that next slide up, saved by grace equals good works. So if I'm saved by grace, therefore I'll do good works. If I have a relationship with my wife, I'm going to date her every once in a while. Can I get an amen? So if I'm saved by grace, I'm going to do good works. Because now Jesus has set me free. He's given me the confidence. He's placed a gift in my heart. He's given me purpose. Therefore, I'm going to do good works. It's not the other way around. That's when we get in trouble. If we say, go to the next slide. If we say good works will then lead to grace and salvation. That's not how it works. But this is where we get confused sometimes. We say, God, I love you so much. But I, 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 I want to do all that I can do. But it's not about works getting you into heaven. It's, it will always be in order. The natural order is I love Jesus with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. Therefore, I do good works. It's not I'm going to do good works so I can obtain salvation. It is a gift. But I want to show you this, that James is not focusing on being saved by grace. James is focusing on good works. 
So he's saying, if you have faith in God, your faith will be actionable. Your faith will have works in your life. He's not ignoring salvation by grace through faith, but James is focusing on Ephesians chapter 2, the second portion. We are created to do good works, but if we don't do good works, I can't see your faith. Your faith is dead because it can't be, it can't be this and then that. It has to be in order. When we, even when we read the portion of James, I'm going to encourage you this morning, we read the portion of James. Don't read it and say, okay, good works. So I, I, Pastor Jeremy, today, right now, I got my pen and paper ready. I got my iPhone out. I got my Facebook ready. Tell me what to do. Give me a list of good works. If I need to join the A-team, I'll join the A-team. If I need to set up chairs, I'll set up chairs. See, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at your heart. Because when God sets us free and he lives in our heart, then comes those good works. So today, for sure illustration, I'm going to go as quick as I can. Since the timer went, I have 50 minutes left on the timer. Is that cool? Timer's messed up, all right? So today, for sure illustration, I want to break down what James is saying by buying a car. How many have ever bought a car off a dealer? You've gone to the dealership, AutoZone, right? How many bought a car off Craigslist? Isn't that exciting? If you're ever bored, do that. That's fun, all right? But if you go to a dealership, and, and we've walked through a dealership before. I bought a, a car when I was in uh, internship in college. And everyone, you walk into a car dealership, and the moment you walk on, you're like bait, right? All right, if you're lonely, go, go buy a car. Because about 10 salesmen will come to you. If you sell cars, we love you. I understand why. But if you walk on, like 10 guys come up. Hey, how you doing? You're like, whoa, how are you, you know? I try to dress homeless. Yeah, I mean, just what's up? <laughs> I'm going to buy a car. Nobody leave me alone. But when you buy a car, what are you doing? You're there because you're trying to figure out what kind of car you want. You're interested. That you might have some kind of doubts on what you want. You don't know what you need. You're kicking the tires. Maybe your wife's on this side. You know, she's like the devil saying, we got to get a minivan. I mean, amen. <laughs> Maybe the you know, righteousness side's over here saying, we got to get a four-door pickup truck. Thank you, Jesus. You know, a sports car, something that goes room, room, real fast. But when you go to a car lot, you're just interested. You're asking questions like, do I really want to buy a car? Am I going to like it? Is this something for my life? I've noticed that, that even like Avenue Church, or any church for, for that sake, that you walk on, you're simply just shopping. You're simply just saying, is this the right kind of faith for me today? Is this something that's going to get me to my destination? Is this something that I can place my faith in? Is this an area of Jesus? And I'm not talking about the church. Don't walk in the avenue and go, is this all right? But walk into a, a relationship with Jesus saying, can I trust Jesus with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul? We're just kicking the tires. And that's an okay place to be. If you're here today and you have questions or you have doubt or you have, some, you have some doubts about what the Word says, you're in a safe place. It's an okay place to have doubts, to have fears about the Word of God. We want to walk alongside with you and say, let us answer any questions you may have. Amen? So you're walking around, you're, you begin to find something. Maybe you find something you like. What do you do next? Take it for a test drive. Now, I wish the salesman didn't have to be in that car, right? But you go for a test drive. You get the keys, and you wait, and dry up, you know, you jump in that car. He's with you, and, 
And what he's doing in that passenger seat is he's giving you all kinds of different instructions and, and saying, feels good when you turn it. And, and did you, even one time, we test drove a minivan just for fun. Just for fun. Okay? But I drove a minivan. And when I got up to 45 miles an hour, the salesman said, pop it in reverse. I said, what? You know, like, you're making me buy this car, aren't you? Break it, you buy it. So I'm driving it. He's got, it has to be over 45 miles an hour. And so I was, you know, going 45 miles an hour, and he said, pop it in reverse. And I just looked at him again and said, I don't trust you, you know. I don't have faith in you. And he said, put it in reverse. So I popped it in reverse, and the car kept going forward. But because it was in reverse, you could see the camera, the rear camera turned on, so you could see what's behind you. I said, that's kind of cool. So now in every car I'm in, I'm like, what if I put it in reverse? <laughs> what if? But you test drive it. You're, 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 you're in it, but you don't own it. You're in it, but you don't own it. You didn't sign the paperwork. You didn't commit to it. You're in it, but you don't own it yet. It's not a bad thing, but we're just not fully committed. You begin to think that this could be the car for me. Much, it's much like our walk with Jesus. Do we say, yes, it's, it's, it's salvation is a, is a free gift, but I, I, let me just try this out for a little bit. And that's okay. I'm here to tell you that sometimes when we live in the darkness, it is hard to go automatically out of that darkness. It is hard to go from darkness into the light. But it's okay to say, you know what? I have some bruises in my life. I have some pain in my life. But allow God to heal it. Allow God to own it. I went to a place in my faith, where I said, I'm going to go all in with Jesus. That's taken my life up to this point that I can see, let's see what Jesus can do with my life. That I've done all that I can, and I've tried to achieve happiness. I've tried to achieve success, but I can't do it. Let's give Jesus a test drive. Maybe when you get back to the dealership, and the, you know, the salesman says, you can have this car you know, for 95 payments of $500 a month. You're like, that's a great deal, right? Interest rates are 60% or something silly. But then you own that car and you walk off that lot. You take the plunge and you make a commitment for it. You believe that's the vehicle for you. And I want to tell you, watch that vehicle take you places you could never go before. Watch that vehicle take off the burden off of you and place you in the driver's seat and you can go further farther and faster than you've ever gone before. So you begin to own it. You begin to place your, your faith in Jesus Christ. You say, God, I'm committed. I'm a devoted follower. I'm involved. I'm in A-team. I'm in growth track. I'm here at Avenue Church. And then you begin to drive it. But I'm here to tell you, this is where James kind of steps in. So James said you, you, you shopped around. James said you test drove it. James said you bought it. James says, you own it. But this is where James steps in and said, that's a great automobile. But if you never drive it and it's parked in the garage with the door shut, consider your car dead. Consider your car useless. I know there's some here today, perhaps you got a beautiful collector's car in your garage and it sits there and for the good shows, you bring it out and you win prizes and all those things. What if you were too afraid to bring it out, and you always stayed in your garage. I probably wouldn't believe you. Hey, I got a 1962 blah, blah, blah in my car. Faith without work. I don't believe you 
because I don't see it. Faith without works is dead. Now, I have faith that the car is going to take me somewhere, but if I don't get in it, no one will begin to see it. James chapter 2, verse 26, he said, Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. See, your action reveals your faith. Yeah, I have faith one day. I have faith that my, this particular girl was going to say yes when I asked her out. I have faith in that. How many of you I'm talking about? If you're a single person here, raise your hand. Look around. I'm going to help you out. Look around. <laughs> but I have faith that I was going to get married someday. And I remember when I saw my wife, I waited eight months. Some of y'all can't wait eight minutes. Come on, somebody. But I waited eight months. But I realized in that prayer, and the reason why I did it, because I really wanted to make sure that she was my wife. How many, you might ask, who's the one for your life? The one that says, I do. Amen. But I remember I began to pray, and I said, Jesus, is she the one for me? I begin to realize the relationship is dead unless I took action. So I took a step of faith, and I nonchalantly said, hey, uh, how you doing? You know, good. I was a youth pastor. She was a college pastor, so much more, more mature than I was, right? So I said, hey, um, is there an event going on on Friday? And she said, um, an event? No, like a youth event or church event? She said, no. I said, oh, okay, good. Uh, you ever want to be smooth? Like you're Captain Smooth until you're in the presence of another species called female, you know? She was like, what's up, baby? And then you're like, hey, oh. Want to play ski ball? You know what I mean? Like, no. So I said, uh, well, you want to have dinner on Friday night? Yeah, with who? <laughs> I'm like, but just me, just, just me. I'll pay for it maybe, you know. And she began to, she began, she, and she put her face, her hands in her face and began to shake a little bit. And, I, and, I, and just something came over me and I said, are you laughing or crying? Because I really need to know. <laughs> Is this a good thing or a bad thing, you know? And she said, yes, I want to go out with you. I got to tell you, same thing happened with marriage. Some of y'all need to stop test driving. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we got to take that step of faith and say, I'm going to make the commitment. I'm no longer going to kick the tires or test drive this individual. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make the godly commitment. Faith without works is dead. Put a ring on it, sucker. I'm just trying to pastor. I'm just trying to pastor. But faith without actions is dead. You got to be, I, I can't explain how many sleepless nights I had because of doubt, because of fear. I love the terminology, just do it afraid. If God placed a dream in your heart and he placed a vision in your life, step out in faith. How many sleepless nights I had deciding where to go after high school. How many sleepless nights I had trying to determine, do I go to Las Vegas to be a pastor 11 years ago? How many sleepless nights I had deciding, will she marry me? The bigger the ring, the bigger the yes. <laughs> Laying there in that bed, just looking at a ring, going, is, is, is this it? Can I do it? 
Is this the right thing? But sometimes we just got to take that blind step of faith. Faith is the substance of things not seen, things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. How many sleepless nights I had that I knew that I knew that I knew we're going to launch Avenue Church, but still doubt and worry comes in. Not, is this church going to do great? But did I get pens? Did I buy enough paper? But faith without works is dead. That's why even on Avenue Church, we're going to do a serve day on July 15th. Because we don't want to be just a church that gathers on a Sunday morning and we say, we're for the community, high-five community, but we don't take our faith into action. And I promise you, it's just going to be a few hours, but we're going to get out there. We're going to begin to serve other organizations. We're going to begin to serve our city because our faith is alive. Our faith is not dead. That faith alive always takes a drive. Faith alive always takes a drive. I was a youth pastor for many years, and one of the things about being a youth pastor was I spent a lot of time picking kids up. So I would get in my car, and then eventually I turned into a church van, and I would go pick up kids because that's how desperate I was. Like, will you come hear me speak? I'll come get you. That's how bad I was. Then we had a bus ministry. We had three buses that would go out into the city, pick up kids, mostly from low-income communities, bring them to our youth ministry. And I always had this notion, why don't you guys get your driver's license? Please get your driver's license. I encountered many teenagers not wanting to drive, and I understood why I didn't want to drive because of expenses. But if you're 25 years old, get a license. <laughs> get a driver's license. I believe by faith you'll get it, and I believe by faith you'll get it now <laughs> in Jesus' name. I grew up in a state that allowed me to get my driver's permit at 14 years old. I remember I did whatever I could to get that driver's permit. I would go in, take the test. If I didn't know the question, I'd skip it. I failed it. Study some more. Go back in. Take that test. And my parents were like, why are you in such a hurry to drive? I said, I have nine brothers and sisters. I need to drive. A brother needs to get out of here. My faith took a lot of action that day. And I remember when I got my permit, I got my license, I said, now I can go places. Now I can do something. Here's what I want to tell you this morning, that God, he has given you a license to live by faith. Let us act upon it. Let us use it. Let us activate it. So James said, faith without works is dead. So let's move by faith. That faith alive is always worth the drive. So led by the Spirit, but not by my feelings. I got to tell you this. When we want to take a step of faith, I believe that already during this message, God is speaking to your heart, and he's saying, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. Give the entire, all the ingredients together. You're saved by grace, and you love Jesus. If you, have those two, if you have those two things, you're in good hands. Saved by grace, and you love Jesus. But he's speaking to your heart, and he's saying, I want you to take a step of faith. And you're saying, I, I need the entire picture. I need to see everything that's involved. There are some mornings I wake up, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel led that way. I don't feel, I don't like the way I feel. And I'm here to tell you this morning that when, you're, when you live by faith, you're led by the Spirit, not by your emotions and not by your flesh. 
It's such a great reminder because we're a fast food culture. God, you're not doing it quick enough. God, you're not doing it on my terms. God, you're not giving me the full story. You're not giving me all the details. And so I don't like the way I feel right now. And God's saying it's not about your feelings. It's about your position. I'm positioning you in an area where you could take that step of faith. I love the story of Abraham. God says, Abram, I'm going to use you greatly. You're going to have descendants beyond the stars. It's going to be incredible. Abram says, okay, Jesus, God, what do I do? And he said, go that way. And Abram said, uh, what? God said, go that way. And Abram said, I've never been that way. And God said, yeah, go that way. And so by faith, James talks about this, Abraham not only believed by faith, but he took a step of faith, and he said, I'm going to go that way. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm heading into. I don't know what my story is. But I love you, God, and I have faith in Jesus Christ. For some of us, we need to go back to the dealer. We need to do a trade-in. Say, I place my faith in this, and this is not God. For me, sometimes, if I stand in that car lot, I'd be the trade-in value to say, I place a lot of faith in me in my giftings, and my abilities. Can I trade myself in for God? Can I trade myself in for Jesus? Then what are you placing your faith in? So here's my two quick points as I close, is how do we make our faith alive? If faith without works is dead, then how do I have faith that is alive? Number one, we need to hear it. We need to hear it. The Bible in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. That each week, we get to build our faith by hearing the message. Have you ever noticed, and this isn't a pastoral plug, okay? I'm saying this because I love you. Have you ever noticed when you miss one Sunday, two weeks go by, and then you hit the next Sunday, and you say, I miss hearing the Word of God. Why? Because it builds my faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. For, some, for me, it's every single morning, whether it's a quick devotion. Faith doesn't come by Facebook. Faith doesn't come. There's some, some inspirational videos on there. I'm, I'm with you on that one, right? But faith comes by hearing the Word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing in my group. I tell you, my group's still meeting, and I still get built, built up in the most holy faith by hanging out with some guys and coffee every Monday morning, even if it's at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> I'm looking at some of my dudes, right? But faith comes by hearing. So get around people that begin to increase your faith. If they're not proclaiming the message, you might have to do a trade-in just for a season. Faith alive takes a drive, but there's some people that will hold you back. And the second point this, this morning is take a step of faith. Take action this week. James chapter 2, verse 14 says, What good is it, my dear brothers, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can this kind of faith save anyone. That when we take a step of faith,
people begin to see it. When you buy that nice car, that nice truck, that nice automobile, you take it out of the garage, you begin to drive it around, you're proud of that thing. And people go, that is a nice car. I can see it because you're driving it. I can see it because you're taking action upon it. I want to encourage you today. Will you take a step of faith? I believe God has placed something in your heart. And even James went as simple as saying, Abram had had faith. But even Rahab the prostitute had faith. That you might say, I believe that there are cars and automobiles. But James said, you believe, good job. Even the demons and the devils in hell believe. James says, don't just believe, but I want to see your belief. I want to see your faith in action. As I close, worship teams could be in the place just a little bit. But in the Bible, I've been read through it. I know James used Abraham and he used Rahab. But as I begin to read through the Bible this week, I encountered a woman who had an issue of blood. She had an issue of blood for many, many years. And this issue, I believe, whether she went to doctors, whether she, she went to different sources, tried to place her faith in different areas, but nothing made her well. And the Bible says that Jesus was in a house and this house was full of people. I love it. Anywhere Jesus is, there will be a packed house. And that's our belief at Avenue Church. If God is here, there will always be a packed house. So he's in this house, and he's, he's in a crowd, and it's almost kind of like a mosh pit because everyone wants to get close to Jesus. The disciples are around him, kind of bodyguarding him, and, you know, have, come on, Jesus, let's get through this house, and let's do your teaching, and let's meta-issue people. So everyone's touching Jesus. But this woman had an issue of blood. They believe that perhaps she crawled through the crowd. Perhaps she had to push her way through the crowd. And she made her way all the way to Jesus. And she said, if I could simply have faith in Jesus, but if my faith takes action, if I could just touch his garment, if I could just touch what he's wearing, I could be healed. By his stripes, we are healed today. If I could just, if I could just get to him. I know there's some here today. I was praying for you this week. But you're saying, if I could just get to church, all hell is breaking loose. I don't have any answers. Pastor, you have no idea where I've been through, what I'm going through. I don't, but he does. And you're saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says when she just touched it, power came out from Jesus and she was healed. I don't know about you, but I would have I would have gone crazy. I would have shouted. I would have put somebody over and said, see what I'm talking about? Faith without works is dead. And the Bible says, Jesus said, who, who touched me? And the disciples were going, here, here he goes again. I said, Jesus, everybody's touching you. His elbow, his knee, like everybody's all up in your mess. You have no personal bubble. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. And the woman confessed and said, I'm so sorry, but I touched you. Faith without works is dead. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I could be healed. And Jesus turns to her, and this is what he says. He says, daughter, 
doesn't even know who she is, but he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. I believe doubt, tormented, you've been hurt, going through doubt, worry, and fear. But this week, you're going to take that step of faith. It's going to be scary because you don't know where to step. You don't know where to go. But when you take that step of faith, I believe that God's going to heal you, but he's also going to give you peace to say you're doing it. Every time I've taken a step of faith, it's always been, I'm terrified, I'm scared, am I doing the right thing? And I take that step of faith, and then I take another step of faith, and every single time when I turn around is when I get my confirmation. When I turn around, I say, that was the right step. Will you stand with me, please, this morning? Is this good? Can you cough a little bit? Is this all right? But maybe you're here today and you're frustrated because you've been doing good deeds. Just good deeds. And you're not seeing the fruit from that. The Bible says we're saved by grace for God's handiwork. But you're saying, I need, to, I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to do all the good stuff. But you're going to be frustrated, confused, angry without accepting Jesus into your heart. Can we start over today? Can we have a fresh start today? If you're not finding peace, things aren't coming together. Because works don't lead to saving, but it's a gift that we receive. Now, will you make a choice today to receive the gift of salvation? And if that is you here today, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand and that means, hey, right here, I need you, Jesus. It's not, hey, pastor, I'm messed up. Hey, pastor, sign me up. What it's saying is saying, God, right here. I want to be saved by grace through faith. It's not by my works. If that is you, we just raise a hand. Say, I need to accept Jesus. I need to accept Jesus. There's a hand this morning. We give him applause this morning. Every week, in Jesus' name, every week. But we're going to jump into a slow song, and then Robert's going to come up and close us out. I want you to just take a moment, because I know the moment we dismiss, we're out of here. And growth track's at 1130. When you begin to ask Jesus, do I need to take a step of faith? What are some areas of my life that I need to remove for this season so I can begin to hear the Word of God? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to know more details, you can visit our website at avenuechurch.cc or follow us on social media at Avenue LV Church. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.